0: Good morning, Alan. It's good to see you this morning. Welcome back from D.C. I know you and a couple of primary officers who are at the legislative conference. Um, welcome back to Portland, and welcome back to the line. I understand you're also back on the line. How's that going? It feels good. Yeah? It feels real good. It's kind of nice seeing you walking relatively normal for yeah. the first time in a few months.
1: You know, I think that uh, from the union side, uh, 19 years in the department, not one day on a 40-hour week, not one day on injury leave, uh-huh. and... Um, brought some realizations down, uh, to me. Yeah. And so yeah. I learned a lot. It was, um, uh, completely difficult. Uh, my family life, completely homework, difficult, completely
0: difficult. Really? Did right. not like the 40 hour
1: getting up at 4am was, was the most difficult. I found the yeah. work to be exciting, yeah. uh, challenging working with Rob Hawks and the staff up there was great. Nice. Um, you know we've talked about the union president being on a 40 hour work week. Yeah. I just don't know how that happens. And yeah. so my voicemail's full, my email's full. Right. Text. I mean it's I haven't been as far behind and I know a lot of things have been going on. We've had serious discipline. We have the contract. Uh <sighs> you know everybody wants our endorsement right now, but
0: there's a lot going on these days. There's a lot going Not on. Not to mention corona
1: and the coronas.
0: Right. All right. Well, this podcast is going to be focusing on our current contract negotiations, and as I'm sure many of the membership out there has heard, we're getting very close to a a contract. And if if I correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, you want to just run down some of. what you want to talk about is an update for the contract. First of all, are we, are we pretty close?
1: Yeah. So we I do have a tentative agreement with the city, which means that we have agreed on a contract. There's definitely a formal process for both sides that happen after that. But we have inter- entered into a formal, what's called a tentative agreement
0: on the contract this week. For the whole co- contract as a whole?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: And... In addition to this podcast, I just want to back up real quick, let everybody know there's going to be a couple other avenues for um, communicating about this. There will be a Facebook Live event coming up to be announced. I think it will happen next week. Is that sound correct? That, that's when we're looking at, yes. Okay. where people can um, send in questions live to Alan. Probably Travis will be there. Isaac as well. Jason, who mm-hmm. all is going to be there? That probably
1: sound- last time it had four or five of the negotiating team on there, yeah. Okay.
0: In addition to that, we'll send out a... Email that has all of the articles that have been um, worked on and links to the information that people can go to to see more detail. Is yeah.
1: That- yeah. And a good example is I won't you know we'll try and keep this brief as brief as we can but the DUI policy has a lot of detail in there and so we're embedding each of the links for those so if you want to know what's in the DUI policy you know I can go generally you know your first DUI you got a day off without pay you won't be able to be promoted for a year you know second one you get a five-year last chance agreement you know that type of detail well I'll just finish it you know um uh, last chance agreement on your second one. Um, you know, the strict detail in there, people can just pull it up and look and answer their own questions. Right.
0: Okay. Well, let's start running them down. Let's start with, uh, article seven hours of work.
1: So this, um, we agreed to a 51.33 hour work week. Um, that essentially gets everybody from a Kelly day every 13th to a Kelly day every 12th day. Um, We also did agree that the city and the union will create a committee uh, and move forward with the trial period. Uh, The specifics on that still have to be worked out. Uh, We're looking at creating a committee that'll start very soon Um, when that would be implemented with somebody sometime between the next three to six months. We will not want to do it in the summertime, so it'll probably be either. So fast forward uh, to hopefully April or May or most
0: likely September-ish okay. uh, uh, to do that. Right. And I think I recall it was a minimum of three members from each side for the committee. Yes. Okay. Yep.
1: And how many stations we still have to work all that out and um, which stations though would be, those still have to be worked out.
0: All the details yes. are, you you know, TBA. All the details. TBD. Yes. Um. Okay, so it could possibly be the whole bureau, could be 10 stations, could be eight. I mean, who knows? It's who knows?
1: Okay, the good thing is, is then Travis has been going around to all these other fire departments. Woodburn had a, uh update on it, and here we are. We create this schedule in this union hall, and then Eugene implements it. Albany and Corvallis are looking at it. Woodburn's looks like they're going to it, huh. and um, they're loving it. You know, I think it's a meld between the 4896 yep. and the regular. Yep. Um, they're, the, you know, they haven't seen the hiccups, especially in Eugene. I think they were similar to us. You had a strong 48-96 yeah. contingent and a strong right. regular. Um, they have no complaints. They're complaining about Crew sense, which we can see why, but yeah.
0: not about the schedule. They're loving it. That's something I, I think I've always said as well, that it seems like a nice compromise between the two schedules, the current and the 48 all right. The only thing I have here under hours of work is the 96 hour cap. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So that will
1: be implemented. Um, there, and, and this is pretty hard to argue against. I do. There are some caveats on there and I'll give you an example. If you're working at 27th for your f- four shifts in a row and you want to work a fifth shift if the Bureau needs you or you want to work, uh, that, that can be approved through, I believe it's a one Oh three, the so. on duty deputy chief, um, and I think there's going to be situations that we do need that, and if they look and your call volume was low and you've been rested and you're doing good, there is an exception for you to be able to um, is an exception for you to be able to go outside that window and think about wildland season. Think about well, think about the coronavirus. I think there's going to be times they they need it, but I think that yeah. for the most part they want to limit it. And you know, I was happy. One of the things the fire chief said was. You know, there's times we shouldn't be working at 48 when we've had a tough call right. and we need to be home and right. stuff. And, and uh, you know, I felt that was good for her to acknowledge that even working a full 24, there's time where you need to go
0: away and take care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you say we uh, hit the next article uh, in, in the interest of keeping this as brief as possible? Article 8 is wages, salaries and allowances. Let's talk about COLA first.
1: So COLA, um, so they have provided full retro COLA back to the first day of the contract, July 1st, 2019. Uh, That's at 3.9% cost of living increase from Mm -hmm. last year. Uh, so that's included in there. Also, throughout the contract, uh, melding Schedule A and everything else, they've agreed to full cost of living for the next two years as well. Mm-hmm. I believe next year it's 2.9% as well. So I think we're Projected, looking at yeah. just in those COLAs on July 2nd of this next year, our members will be making 6.8% more than they did Before this contract had started and I understand some people say cost of living is not a raise. Um, Yes, we can have that argument all day long. I do know that I am proud at that at that second year, our firefighters will be making I think the the estimate is like right under 95,000. I think it's 94,600. Yeah, and if we do get another call of 2.9, we're looking at our firefighters making 97,000, and to go back to that second year, and if our firefighters are making 94,000, 95,000, if they are at 7% longevity and they're getting ready to retire, mm-hmm. they're making 101,000 dollars a year. So yeah. you know, it's there is a time in this union where we will have to fight just to get the cost of living agreements or the cost of living adjustments. Yeah. That could be the next contract, right. uh, but you know, for us, the cost of living and uh, adjustments and the retro was imperative for us right. to get, and the city did finally concede that.
0: So something that I just uh, popped in my my mind here is we're looking potentially down the the barrel of a, a recession with the with the corona. Do we have a floor and a ceiling in the COLA language? I don't recall that because it was not really a big issue, but uh, there's potential certainly for um, COLA the, the last year of the contract not being above one percent
1: yeah i'm looking at it right now and i believe it's one to five but let me double. that's check. what it's
0: been historically as i recall
1: yeah it's one to five okay and so we know what year one was 3.9 i believe year two came in at 2.9 but and yeah if we are looking at a recession the minimum floor will be one okay. percent on that third year of the contract right,
0: thank you only other thing i have here under this article is a couple of premiums i guess there's the tech rescue station two
1: yeah. There's some small stuff in there. I think that, you know, like station 28, we put into, mm-hmm. um, that they should, uh, get compensated for the work that they do. The city didn't agree with us. They no longer have to do the Explorer program if they choose not to, uh, if they want to, I know they're invested. They love the program. They still can do it, but we would set up a committee to be able to work out those issues, uh, removing the cap of paramedics up to 150. That's also in that contract. Um, the technical rescue team, they are, uh, we define what certifications they do do and essentially holding the line. So that when you don't have mission creep, such as, you know, the water rescue program creeping into their station, right? And so that right. was good to hold the line on that on July yeah. 1st of 2020, they'll receive uh, three more percent for the work that they do. Um, and that is starting July 1st of that year. The investigators, uh, we did get them 3% for their training time. So when they come back from DPSST town in Salem, they'll be making 3% right. uh, during that, which is great. Uh, we did agree on how much they get for their training pay, so they will not get compensated for training the new investigators as well.
0: They will get compensated. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, retired officer court time, uh, we've had that affected for both Fabian and there was another investigator. Right. They're getting called back uh, to... I think it was Rob. Rob, Rob, yep, yeah, that's right. Rob. and so he they get called back after they work. The city didn't want to compensate him now they will get they will get pay when they come back to work for those times. okay uh, co- court time again, no discrimination for court time, which is great. Uh, acting officers uh, we we firmed up some stuff on what happens after two weeks of somebody acting. Um, and so and that's that's essentially what's in that one. They didn't want to move on anything else including the um,
0: pio compensation that we had had done there was definitely discussions about that i know all right let's move on to article 10 the vacation leave article um yeah take it away
1: so uh this we did agree to i think this is one of the major things that Changed over the past couple of weeks that the city's position that allowed us to get a tent of agreement one They did agree to go retroactive on the vacation leave which I didn't expect to do no and so they did offer up uh, You know the vacation leaves just under two million dollars in increased benefits. That's in that contract um, And so by offering back to July 1st you know, 2019, 2019, yeah. you know, in that year, you'll be seen between 36 hours and, and 48 hours as of July 1st. Yeah. So prorate that and probably everybody's going to see another 24 or 36 hours. There's one weird step at like year 14, yeah. you get an extra 70 hours of vacation. It's, it's a weird <whistles> anomaly. Oh, uh, and, and we might that, have somebody doing maybe. this podcast that's out <laughs> that year. That's great. Maybe. Um, and so that was a significant uh, change. Um, and then the, the PERS change as well, and I'll talk about that. In just a second, um, yeah. So just to be clear, that is not just for the 52-hour the members that that is um, that we're getting the um, adjustment for. We're officially putting in it for the 40, the 42-hour, and the 52. Do
0: the 40-hour already get the uh Adjusted. Yes,
1: they did, but it wasn't contractual, and so this uh, firms it up in the contract, which is important to do. Sure, um, sure, sure. The 42-hour also saw an increase in their vacation leave, so such as the investigators, they're getting an increased
0: amount of vacation, and then the line personnel as well. And I know you said it already, but so you're saying uh, just to I was spacing out or something. I think I had a senior moment. The uh, this vacation article is representative. You said of about two million per year,
1: just under two just million. Just under, okay, yeah. thank you and they estimated, you know, and I, in their early estimations they said we have to hire 13 more people and there still would be like 29,000 overtime hours or some right. significant amount and it was right. like you know, it's that's that difficult. We bargain for the union, not the city. Yeah. Um but with the staffing that we have, the increased vacation leave, the right. work week reduction, they better get their stuff together and get hiring going. Immediately, I think
0: they are. It sounds like they got a, a class going, another one coming down the down the pike, and even I heard. Of, well, it's all hearsay.
1: They've talked about it for years. did we, yeah. we need to hire correctly. Yeah. yeah.
0: The last thing on vacation leave, and this is just a sort of technical thing. Uh, they had originally established uh, a matrix where we went to 30 years to get to our top step vacation leave. Everyone else in the city, their top step is at 26. So we they do they agree they agreed to back off that 30 year top step and bring it down to 26.
1: Yeah. And there was a lot of discussion again, everything moved really quickly this last week where, where we tried to agree on stuff. We did talk about phasing it in what we agreed to is that as of the first payroll period in 2022. So think January sixth, whatever that would be, we come down to a 26 year step. So okay, there so will no, th- no longer be a 30 a 29, 20, 27. Okay. It'll cap out
0: just like everybody else in the city. Um, But that's not at ratification. That's sort of phased in. That's down there, yeah. Did did not know that. Okay, awesome. Uh, Well, the next one you can help me talk about a little bit, but I can talk a little bit about Article 18, the Health and Welfare. That's an article that I uh, did a bunch of work on. And I think that some of the main takeaways that we're getting out of this article, we already had the NFPA 1582s, physicals that were um, paid for by the city, and the additional addition to that is... Then now that the um, the testing, the physicals are going to be done on city time. So how exactly that works is still um, going to be figured out. But at the last meeting, what I heard was the intention was to do it similar to what we used to do for the flame study, where they would send up an engine or a truck company at a time and do uh, those four members at a time on duty. Now, as we all know, that's not going to be able necessarily capture everybody. Uh, they'll try and do it as we do with mandatory training. And if we have one or two members that have already had their physical they grab somebody from a nearby station and, and, and bring them up. Um, so that's the intent as I understand it. And that will leave some people out and that should be able to still go up off duty and get paid um, overtime to go up off duty. But the intent is to try and limit as, as much as possible the overtime hours used to uh, get people up to the 1582s. Uh, in addition, in Article 18, uh, waiving any co-insurance for a mental health treatment. Uh, there was an additional mental health or behavioral health benefit. And um, Alan, is there anything you want to say about that through the LMBC? I mean, I think it's something that's happening throughout the city, but it's something that's happening because of our... Involvement with the LNBC, is that yeah. fairly accurate?
1: Yeah, and we have, um, I'll just give you a quick example. We've had multiple people. One, we overuse the benefit for the treatment. I mean, compared to the city, everybody else got it. Uh-huh. And um, I am getting those numbers, but we use at a rate that's much higher than every other city. We, you can imagine, the work we do is different. The stress mm. is a lot more. But we have had members that don't go in with a primary, true diagnosis of, of alcohol or drug treatment. And so you can imagine somebody has an underlying PTSI issue or they have a yeah. underlying issue that's causing them to drink or to to dabble in other stuff which which is not ideal. Yeah. if they don't code that correctly, then they go to an eighty twenty copay and so that's why I moved this forward' I've, I've had to work with the treatment facilities to go and make sure. A, this person, even though they're not a heavy drinker, you right. know, they maybe went on a bender or they did whatever. Right. Right. I have to make sure that they know how to code it correctly. And that's right. not the right way to do business. If they're going in, they should get the complete care, right. not work about Absolutely. billing, done deal.
0: Not to mention it's a ton of extra work for you. Which, Absolutely. Uh, you know, and
1: we want to be able to, we, uh, the when people are going into treatment, the last thing I want to get is a phone call from them worrying about billing. And we've had that happen because of this issue. Multiple times.
0: Yep. The last thing in Article 18 of interest is there's a, a section on comprehensive wealth, health and wellness program. And the city's contracted with the uh, health promotion and sports medicine department, OHSU, to do a bunch of work, essentially, aggregating data and the, the testing and uh, education and so forth. We'll see how it all goes, but there's a number of things that should be the uh, health and wellness program has some benefits that should be uh, getting better for our members. Um, We'll see how it all pans out. I think that's it for 18. Um, I've got next on my list here, Alan, some of the new articles, uh, retiree benefits. Which one do you want to hit first?
1: I think the easiest is the 27th payroll. And so in a totality of the the contract, the city has agreed to stop um, coming after our 27th payroll. So finally, after seven or eight years in this union, you will not hear a report on the 27 payroll from me except telling people you have it.
0: Perfect. Um, And as I understand it, so there's several different um, MOAs, memorandums of of agreement, and this is one of them. The first one we'll talk about. The next two are coming in a second. Um, And that's what it's gonna say. We're not gonna bother you about it. We're not gonna try and remove it. There was a disavowal. That they came after it last contract, and they're not doing that anymore. Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. Okay, um, the next one is a memorandum of understand, of agreement. Excuse me, uh, regarding the PERS protection. I can speak to it a little bit, and essentially, this has been a real focal point of cornerstone of our uh, bargaining this time around. And without getting into too many details, the city's allowed to us to essentially kick the can down the road. The actual deferment of the OPSERP member's IAP starts July 1st of this year. Excuse me. And when that happens, they will allow us to reopen the contract and negotiate the impacts of that deferment. Um, That's a win for us. It allows us to negotiate that, and if need be, go to arbitration on a single issue of this uh, PERS IAP uh, redirect. Now, I do want to make it super clear that by state statute and as well as the, through the city, uh, all you OPSERP members will be allowed to um, contribute to your IP to make yourself whole in that period of time while we're negotiating and potentially arbitrating uh, how we're going to s- solve this problem. So um, I think the ideal thing is to make an automatic paycheck withdrawal, they'll know how it's going to work, whether it's going to be automatic and you opt out or you have to opt in. But essentially, it's uh, 0.75% for OPSERP Two and a half percent for the tier two members to uh, add to, uh, from your wages into your IP account to uh, keep your pension where it should be, where it was promised, and then we'll work out the details. Hopefully, hopefully, um, get that money paid back to you retroactively. It's not, it's not a guarantee, but that's what we'll be talking about in negotiations um, regarding OPSERP, uh, and it's something that the OPSERP committee did talk about a pretty good length, and it really. That seems like a win for this union and for the, the PERS tier three members. Do you have anything to yeah, add? Yeah, I that? think
1: there's a lot of details that are will be coming out in the next couple months, when we bargain, all those things, right? And the whole numbers you can only make up in right. certain amounts, right, right. you know, so it's not the point seven five, it'd be one percent. And then you know, the city wanted to keep the same arbitrator for that issue and so um we will be keeping the same arbitrator and and keeping his jurisdiction um we can start bargaining before that before July 1st uh, okay. as well so um would that be considered a reopener
0: if you start bargaining yes it is okay
1: yeah this is the second thing that you know w- along with the retro vacation leave the removal of the 27th payroll, which was the second movement. The third was on why we have a 10 agreement. The third one is the PERS language. And the city was adamant that they wouldn't bargain this at a later date, that they wanted to go to arbitration now. Mm-hmm. And the, the big win for the union is that we want to arbitrate single issues. Right. You want, to is, you want to just go for the health fund trust or you want to just go for PERS. Right. And they did change their position. People ask, well, why did they do that? I think there's multiple reasons why they have chosen to do it. Um, One, I believe that uh, none of the other city bargaining units opened it up. Right. So they still can open them up. So if we go to arbitration over the PERS language now, it opens up Pandora's box for the city. So then all the other bargaining units like PPA that didn't open it. um, BOAC. BOAC, whoever it is, would sit there and go, oh, wait, 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 wait. We We want want that. that too. Right. So... The other unions not doing it definitely gave us an advantage to to for timing for us so interesting yep and salem went to arbitration this week over that issue so um it'll also be beneficial to see how that turns out we have the same attorney aruna Uh uh-huh who is the pers expert in the state for litigation she litigated the salem issue
0: she's very sharp
1: she's very sharp and then that award will be out somewhere around june 1st right so we'll know what the arbitrator says on that could be very helpful. Yes. Could be harmful too, but, right. you know. Good to say I think that. Good point. It is yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, but if the arbitrator comes back and says, no, you lose, and Salem did give something up. They gave up some money to get it. Right. It's, it allows another bargain unit to go forward with the issue first. Right. And if they lose based upon the arbitrator saying, you can't even bargain this, it's illegal, it's against state's law, it's great that we'll see somebody else do it versus risking our whole arbitration or of this whole package right over
0: that single issue right so we're going to get the things that we can get now yeah can you just remind me real quick what the cola represents uh financially for for the membership as a package
1: yeah the cost of living just in itself is just over three million dollars for their first year uh-huh. at 3.9 and so, just uh, around 2.2 million for the second year. Okay. And so, you're looking at just in those cost of livings, you're looking at just over five million dollars, which is about okay. 6.8 percent increase in pay increase. over just the two years. Okay, thank you.
0: Um, are there any other are any other articles that we missed? Even though if they're not as as big uh, issues for the membership
1: yeah there are and i know that a lot of them don't mean as much to other people but they are we made quite a significant change to our contract i think that even looking at article five that's going to be completely removed from the uh from the contract that is what means that if we get something in salem through the legislature they can take it out of our paychecks Um, this is great to have that removed article six is union security
0: Uh, i don't understand what you just said let talk about number five again.
1: So article five, it says if we legislate benefits down in Salem, uh-huh. that the city can take it out of our payroll costs. So imagine if I go down there and, and advocate for a paid family sick leave or okay. something else like that. If they tie local 43 to it, um, then they any can... Ad,
0: do... Any advocacy for a bill.
1: And what it says is if it costs increased payroll costs, then they can take it. It's a very vague term. We actually fought in front of the Employment Relations Board and said, no, that's illegal. They can't put that in there. And we won that. Uh-huh. And they said it's it's not illegal. It's not mandatory. It's permissive, which is right in that gray land. And the city tried to pursue it a little bit more, um, and they just said at the end of the day, We're fine with just taking it
0: out. Okay, good, good. All right, what was number six?
1: That's union security. So that's uh, firming up all the language changes that we had from the post-Janus decision. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So that's a lot internally. um, Not as much for the other members, but for us,
0: important. Good, okay. Okay.
1: Article 11, that's your sick leave one. Yes. And so that had some um, some significant changes. One, as the medical system changes, there's no reason to get a doctor's note for everything. Right. And so we actually went to a certificate from a certified ORS dot, 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 dot person that can do it. Yeah, so there's a whole
0: list of whole medical list. professionals, 11 or 12 yep. different options that yep. are considered able to give you that. Yep. But permission. if I
1: get... You know if i get pink eye i'll give you an yeah. example i remember getting pink eye when i had the little babies obviously yeah, yeah. my pro- fault <laughs> and i called in and, and one of the 103s that answered oh well you sure sound fine and i said well why don't you come and take a look at my pink eye and, and right. see how you like that right and right that doesn't have to be done by a doctor you nope. know and so nope. that can be done by and right now you can have a, an a eye specialist under the new law go and say or under the new uh, collective bargaining agreement say right yes this is what happened. Right. So that is good to expand that scope. You know what's um, funny?
0: That happened so long ago in this process, I'd forgotten about that. I know. <laughs> it was like 300 yeah. days ago.
1: There is a warm, fuzzy blanket for uh, Chief Espinoza and for the um, the city. <laughs> uh, it won't matter for our members, but they wanted to put in some sick leave, sick leave misuse uh, language in theirs. Right. And, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, they are trying to look at people that take a sick day every Kelly day, you know? So right. there's, there's stuff that, that has been found, especially like in Multnomah County and their sheriff's office that has been deemed misuse of sick leave. Um, they had the right to, um, don't share this with the city, but they had the right to investigate that the whole time. And this language doesn't change anything. It does kind of put people off uh, on notice that if you are taking, like one of them says, if you are using sick leave as a supplement for vacation, Identified by a pattern of sick leave absences adjacent to scheduled days off or repeated patterns of partial sick leave absence. They have the right to investigate they always have right but they get a nice fuzzy warm blanket that makes them feel good about that um,
0: Everyone uh, likes warm fuzzy blankets everybody does Yeah.
1: the other thing that was in there that is very important is we um, got all the conversions for sick leave and different stuff in there uh, we did increase the funeral leave from 12,000 to 20,000, which is a significant increase if you die in the line of duty. Uh, the last thing is is that we allowed, if you pass away, <coughs> one of the other things that we put in there besides the funeral leave is that if you do pass away in the line of duty, um, you can put your sick leave and vacation leave into a VBA. Right now, the state would get taxed on it. It would come out and you would pay right. 40% taxes. This is a way to be able to...
0: figure your estate. ...deal with
1: something. We hope we never have to, but it... Um,
0: yeah, you got to right deal with that stuff, do.
1: yeah. Article 12, that's the other leaves. That's firming up some bereavement leave uh, and some hours of those bereavement leave in there, so I won't go into that, but you don't always have to have a funeral when somebody passes away. And now, as society has changed, we're adding the word bereavement in there, so... If your father-in-law passes away, uh-huh. you don't have to physically be going to the funeral to take that leave. So that's okay. included in there. Okay. Article 17, that's the education benefits. We did increase the amount. I believe it was 20000 and it's going up to 30000 mm-hmm. And then up to that maximum, 10000 going to be non-accredited classes. Right. So not just college classes on that one. Uh, Release time, the city gave the the e-board another 200 hours of paid release time, which will definitely help uh, us as our meetings go longer and longer. Uh, Payroll banking, that's a big one. If you have a negative payroll uh, bank and you retire, the city takes that out of your vacation leave. I think Jason Lehman has a negative 80-hour bank just because of his transfers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now he can come back, work those payback days while he's still working, and that way, at the end of his career, he'll still have a full vacation bank, right? And so, still subject to even if you work a payback day, that's still subject to the FLSA law. So you still have to be paid right. according to your FLSA. So there was there payback. you can
0: also get above in your banking and. They had a, a policy, if you got above a certain number of hours, they would just pay you for it. Yep. So now you get down below a certain number of hours, you can work it and just uh, not have to get that taken out later. Yeah,
1: and it's 21 each way. So 21. you should never, if you never get transferred, you should never be 21 up or 21 down, if I recall correctly. Sounds so right, yeah. If you get more than 21 hours, it just spills over, you get paid. Okay. Um, Article 26 discipline, that firms up that if you do have a written or an oral reprimand, that after a year we can um, go in front of the chief, mm-hmm. the HR director and the PFFA president to get that removed from your file. So that was a great, uh, a great win. Great win for us again. Article 17 was that's our health savings account. That's just clean up language Article that. 27.
0: That's Article 27. Yep.
1: Yep. Uh, article 28, the company inspections just, rem- you know, the intent of that, uh, the intent of this article is to phase out the CFI uh, program the expiration date of this contract fantastic it, it also firms up that and this is uh, I'm excited about companies with over 3,000 responses per year will do 24 per year and so you're looking at ones threes fours engines these are all engines for the most part sevens elevens 12 13 nineteens 31s will have a will reduced amount right and so they did hear us and uh, um, our concerns about that there's also um, uh People that have a reduction would be 22s that do forest park patrols, 27 forest park patrols, 28s if they decide to do the cadet program. Correct. And then ones is again
0: included in that. And I think that certainly by the end of the contract, those uh, the tablets they're going to be using out in the field will help the inspectors to get some of those uh, inspections done. Uh, more efficiently. And that's part of the reason, it's part yeah. of the, the lag time getting it taken off of the plate at the EOPS.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important that, you know, Cameron has done a great job uh, from what I've heard from our 40 hour members. I appreciate the work that he's done, gotten great feedback. That is not the intent to increase the workload of our 40 hour members. We recognize that you're busy. We recognize that you have, uh, you work hard. This is not trying to push something down. Please make sure you talk to Cameron Holman if. Any of this is having a work, workload you. If you have any you.
0: complaints about anything, talk to Cameron. <laughs> That's correct. Perfect. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks, Cameron. <laughs> Driving p- privileges, that also uh, changed. They did want to lay people off if you didn't have a driver's license. They did move to the position that you'll be transferred. You know, transfer will be made to the assignment in a lower job classification and the member shall be temporarily demoted and their pay reduced to the last upheld in the demoted classification until reassigned so imagine if you have a well, let's do a fire inspector again okay. that gets a dui uh-huh. they would go back to being a firefighter um, and demoted to that last step that they held if they never got to top step pay as a firefighter uh-huh. you go back to that position uh, me i'm a captain i would go back well non-probationary i probably wouldn't get my probation done i i would say that um If I was at full rank captain like Jason Lehman, Uh you would go back to a lieutenant's position. You would go back to a a lower classification if you lost your driver's license. Okay. Uh, Termination and duration. It's a three-year contract. Okay. Ends in June of 2022. Awesome. Salary rates, I went through all that stuff. Yeah. So there are all the new ones, um, the promotional vacancy ones. Um, I'm just going to let people read through that. There's a significant... Changing there, these are all wins for both the city and the union, I believe. But it pretty much says what happens if you fail a chief's interview, when do they promote for it? vacancy, what happens with promotional programs, that type of stuff. Right. New article, retire, rehire program. I've had a lot of input from the 40 r members that they would like this. There's an embedded link in what you have uh, sent out to you that essentially says what you will get if you are uh, part of the retire rehire program that, that we've agreed to. That um, is the drop program. That is the drop program. Um, the last one or two things I'll talk about before we go into everything is, is that we did agree to a, um, essential employees, uh, article. Um, that is essentially saying that if we have where the, the mayor declares a uh, citywide closure, and so think of uh, inclement weather is where we use this right, the most. Right. If the mayor shuts down the city and yeah. says city employees don't have to do it, we are saying all of our members are essential. But the only people that have to report to duty are the Emergency Operations Division, right. which includes all the line staff. Um, included would be the investigators they have to report to work. Right. The BHQ staff, fire on. And anybody else that's outside of that would not have to report to work that day. Okay. And they would get compensated for that.
0: Wonder, wonder if we might be up against this with the uh, corona in the next few weeks.
1: I think there's a, there's a good chance that we are. I think that you're going to see non-essential employees be asked to work from home. Um, we have already been asked by BHR to look into t- um, working from home agreements with our members. Right. And so over the next, I would say, next five days, you'll find more information where we're authorizing people to work from
0: home. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think you pretty much hit all that stuff. I, I'm i thinking after all this conversation, I don't think we did talk about the mandatory oh, memorandum.
1: Yep. And so this is, a, you know, as we moved really quickly in this little bit, I'm disappointed to say we did not get a mandatory overtime in this policy and this uh-huh. agreement. Um, I feel like it was a bigger win for the the administration than for us. Uh, I have heard feedback from the e-board that people want a mandatory overtime policy. And I've told, you know, some of the e-board members, I said, why would we give away anything away for free? And what happened is we had agreed to 48 hours uh, for double time, right. theoretically. Right. One of the chief officers came back from vacation while we were formally in mediation and uh-huh. said no. Um, and then when we proposed it last time, Human Resources was agreeing with it. They didn't care. Um, when I talked to the administration, except the fire chief, think of all the division chiefs. Um, uh, you know they were not supportive of it, and so they said we can't afford it. They think it'll be five hundred thousand um, dollars, where we costed it at five five thousand dollars in um, in mediation. That's interesting. And so yeah, but um, at the end of the day, HR said finally we got the administration down to twenty four hours of double time. Um, finally, we got the. Bureau down to 24 hours of double time, and then yeah. City Hall didn't like it. They said, because unfortunately, the Bureau f- went forward to City Hall and said, well, it could be a half million dollars versus 500,000. How and did I, they get that number? That's you crazy. Know the, well, Alan, do you have a calculator there? Can you know say our members are making 40 bucks? Well, then they'd be making an extra 20 bucks an hour times 48 hours times 500 people. That's a half million dollars. No, it's, it's not. Like, no. You know that was it was like I was had a crayon and a napkin trying to do math and it was All stupid. Right. So that lies on the fault of the administration and city hall. Um, the they did say that they do want to bargain it. HR does and this okay. and, and as right. well um, city hall does. Our commissioner um, they don't believe they had the third vote with that. Okay. And so well. I wasn't going to risk the contract on that. Okay. But over the next couple months, we have a ton of stuff we do need to work on and mandatory overtime is one of those things. Okay. And so if I, my list of to-dos are uh, pretty significant after this contract, one is figuring out when the retro-cola comes, the city has been very upfront of saying we can't get it done in 30 days. I've offered up to 45 days after ratification. Right. The cost of oh, the vacation leave is one of the biggest things they can't figure out. Right. And they were they were trying to swiggle off, going, you know, if we can't figure it out how to do it with people on catastrophic leave, people on injury leave, people on leave of absence, maybe we shouldn't do it. And it's like, we're not leaving a couple million dollars on the table. There's no way. And so that is probably going to take somewhere between 60 and 90 days to get that. I have offered up to 45 days on that. They have not responded. Mm -hmm. Um, The city is willing to meet and confer or talk about the mandatory overtime. What happens with the 60-day rule? What happens about acting officers? We're gonna meet about the PERS reopener. Right. We're gonna meet about the Kelly Day schedule.
0: What's the 60, 60 day rule?
1: The 60 day is if we have a vacancy over 60 days, it's a mandatory promotion. Right. And so that's all stuff that they are they want to meet on. Um, the Kelly Day schedule, how that would work. Uh, the payback day for your banking hours. Got it. So that will be something we need to work on. The work schedule trial period is gonna be a, a significant amount right. that we have to do as well as putting all those uh, uh, things in there. The critical positions also, the city wants to confer with us and the administration. We're talking about PHQ staff, we're talking about the fire liaison, FPD and liaison, the safety chief. We want people to be deployed in those. We want them to go on wildland fires. We want them to take a vacation for a week. And when somebody's gone for a certain amount of time, we want the Bureau to backfill those three critical positions. The city wants to work with us on those. Okay. You know, things like the conversion factors, those are all the detailed work. I think it's going to be as busy as it has been for the next couple of weeks to months until we get all those things done.
0: Are any of those things in memorandums, the 60-day rule or the critical positions, or are those just items that are going to be dealt with? Some
1: of them are. And some are just going to be dealt with
0: like labor management. Are they just going to be, how's that going to be done?
1: Most likely it won't be formal bargaining. It'll be like we've done the mediation talks. It'll be in that type of a format. Um, People have also asked about the timeline for it. So as the union president, I have the authority to enter into the tentative agreement that must be ratified by the membership. Uh Um, My plan is to go to the negotiations team yet next um, they've seen everything, so they know it, but I want a formal recommendation from them to the e-board. Uh-huh. The e-board will then recommend it to the general membership. General membership has 30 days uh, before we will ask for a vote. And so we're looking at voting probably the first part of May. Okay. And so what we want, my goal is to have everything done, the ratification, the adjustments for our cost of living, Uh the vacation leave, everything done by June 30th of this year. Okay. So that those that are getting ready to retire and everything else on July 1st of next year, this contract is wrapped up and done. Okay. I think that's a pretty aggressive um, schedule, but it's one that has to be done.
0: Okay. It seems like with the vacation leave, there's only a couple outliers. It would be challenging to figure out. For the bank or putting into the people's accruals couldn't they just figure out 95 percent of the bureaus put them in there and to have the people that are challenging there are you know that had the um changing of schedules or they had their um uh, cash leave to be figured out have you talked about that at all to have them to maybe do everybody except for the people that are going to be challenging and figure them out as one-offs
1: i think that the you we have more one-offs than we thought oh you know so you take we had one fire lieutenant that went from ones to a forty-hour week at Salem to a forty-two-hour week yeah. back to you know what I mean, and those are going to be the ones that are going to be difficult. But All the right. you know when you look at we should have four hundred that are easy to do, and I think about a hundred that are not as easy to okay. do. Okay, you
0: know. All right.
1: I am surprised at where we ended up with the tentative agreement. I didn't think that we were going to get the retro vacation leave, and I it, where I thought we were really stuck on was the. Uh, Purse, and uh, me too. You know, they made. I think it was great that no other bargaining units opened it. It allows Salem to go first. So there was, and the twenty-seven payroll off. There was three big things that got us to this ten of agreement. You know, when you look at the life of this agreement, whether you're looking at the three million dollars in retrocola from last year, almost two million dollars in vacation leave, Article Eighteen's worth four hundred thousand, CFIP articles worth eight hundred thousand. Uh, Station one incentive pay at 300000 Work reduction at almost $800,000. You know, you're looking at almost $7 million in one year of the contract. And you're looking at a contract that's worth over $20 million to our membership. Even if you divide the cost of living of $3 million, mm-hmm. divide by 700 uh-huh. uh, employees, you're looking at 4000 bucks a year just in that right there. And I would say this is, uh, you know, even if all those things weren't done, if they would have given us the PERS reopener, Right. And and the 27 payroll, I probably would have moved forward and brought to the membership even without the retro vacation leave. Right. There couldn't have been a time. I think everything is lined up in a perfect way. Did it get everybody what they wanted? No. Does it it ever? It's never going to be a perfect contract. But I am very, very proud of this contract. Okay. The membership will get the chance to vote on it. I think it's a great, great contract. I think that it got us a lot. It leaves us a lot to do in terms of uh, bargaining in the future you know what happens if people vote down the contract that's their right to do i've definitely recommended not i think right. it's a great contract right. i don't think you get more i just don't And people ask well what would you have gotten the last best offer you never will know was right. the city going to offer a second kelly day i doubt it yeah you know were they going to uh my fear is they were not going to put in the retro into their into their last best offer yeah yeah you know and so right. i think that this is better and and i've been at the table for 18 months doing this contract i can tell you um, I think that this is better than I thought we would have gotten outside of arbitration. And so I feel very good about where we're at. Um, again, please ask any of your district reps if you have any questions. Sorry this ran a little bit long. Um, uh, that document will be embedded with all the links so you can look at those specific ones um, that are in there. And just call any of your e-board members if you have any questions. Again, looking at May for doing a ratification vote hopefully having all the cost of living and vacation leave retro by June 30th of this year.
0: Okay. We got to wrap this up. Thanks for your time, Alan. We'll see you all out there.